Hello, I'm Ben Eshmade and welcome to another edition of the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields podcast. In this episode, we hear about the new Overture for Violin and Orchestra, specially written for the Academy by composer and double bassist Edgar Meyer. In demand as both a performer and a composer, Edgar Meyer has formed a role in the music world unlike any other. His incredible musicianship in combination with a skillful composition style has seen him collaborating with the world's most celebrated classical musicians, including the Academy's music director, Joshua Bell. Josh is very experienced, and so in addition to understanding me and what I'm going for, he has a very quick sense of what can help a piece and, and what's waste of time. So he does, I think, write to what he thinks are my strengths, um, although this, this music is sort of challenging and it, it all works and fits. Maya's exciting new work was co-commissioned by the Academy and Bravo Vale Festival in Colorado, where it was premiered in summer 2017. Audiences in UK and Ireland will have the chance to hear it in January 2018. We spoke to Edgar Meyer in Colorado at the Bravo Vale Festival and then Joshua Bell in London a few months later and have joined the two conversations together alongside excerpts from the debut performance. Joshua started by telling me how they met for the first time. Edgar Meyer is someone I've known since I was about 13 years old um, at Indiana University. He was the superstar phenom um, double bass player who was... uh, stretching his limits in every way. He was playing classical jazz, bluegrass. He was playing, when I first met him, we played the Schubert two cello quintet. He played the second cello part on the bass. We did Vinyavsky two violin uh, etudes, uh, caprices together. And so he was this amazing uh, musician, but he was also uh, he was also a double major in mathematics at university and uh, he's an incredibly intelligent. Well, you know, it's, Josh and I have known each other I guess he says 14, I think might have even been a year younger. I was in school at IU in Bloomington. And so Josh was kind of in school, kind of in high school. And um, we just started playing some things together. Um, We played a Schubert uh, cello quintet together with me doing the second cello part. What I mean to say is that we started started off as a playing relationship. We just played music together. And then uh, as I started writing more music um, in my late 20s and onward, Josh was always involved. And in the beginning, when I was written some of my first pieces, you know, we played those and he learned them. But then we started doing different recordings together of all original music or uh, commission a piece that he would do. And so the relationships has kind of uh, developed and expanded. And I love his music really comes from his sort of bluegrass roots, which is, um, you know, in Nashville, Tennessee, where he comes from, but it's mixed with all his experiences. I don't feel boundaries, you know, in a firm sense. Uh, It's much more of a spectrum. And I guess, to my ear, uh, all these different types of music are much more like dialects than separate languages. The most important reason that I would feel that way is the intelligibility of uh, jazz music to a classical musician or or just wherever you want to go with that. Whereas if somebody speaks Japanese to me, I don't know what they said and I have to, uh, I have to get some help. Having cultural context can provide, you know, a deeper understanding. The different musics relate to each other in the sense that their elements are overlapping and in many cases very much the same. And so it feels to me fairly ridiculous to think of them as uh, hard boundaries. It's a unique voice, and so I, I was happy to get to premiere and uh, commission 
this piece and uh, I was curious to see how it would how the orchestra would take to his music because it's very different and it's a different kind of language and I, th I thought they were they adapted so well to it and and uh, it was a it was a real challenge but it was, it was a lot of fun. What were you looking for um, in this new commission? Well, um, we were looking for about 10 to 12 minutes. <laughs> I didn't know what we were going to get. Um, and he did come up with exactly that. You know, it, it's, I w would like to bring his music to more to Europe. I think um, they don't get to hear enough American music in general, but his music, I think, should be should be heard more in Europe. And I think since we get to play, play there, I'm looking forward to taking his music to Europe. It's very hard to explain, but it, sometimes it feels like I'm just writing one piece, you know? I mean, like I'll do three pieces in a row and I'm really trying to get, and in the third one, I finally get it right. That's the piece I was trying to get those last two times or, but th that's a little bit, there is this feeling that instead of it being uh, you know, 300 pieces is kind of like one piece where you're just trying to get it right and, and also just trying to explore new things, the things that you didn't know about. In that sense, this piece is still that same piece the first time Josh and I played music that I wrote. In fact, I could, you know, there's one particular cadence figure that is exactly the same as that piece. And at the same time, you know, I just become a lot more interested in a lot of things. Back at that age, I was very busy trying to understand you know, my love of bluegrass and jazz and, and of 18th and 19th century classical music. And before anything else could happen, those all had to kind of be able to exist together in my mind. And then as I've gotten older, just lots of other things show up. I'm much more interested in 20th century classical music just because of the ideas. Not, not really any music that per se want to imitate or... Uh, but but there's so many, it just abounds in ideas, and uh, all I have to do is look just a centimeter, and, and I've got enough to work with for a long time. I'm still writing this one piece. As Earl Scruggs said once, um, well, most people, I think, have one song in them. And, uh, and maybe if they collaborate a lot, maybe two. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but uh, it, 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 uh, some of the... The rhythms are very, very complicated and take a little bit of time to wrap your head around it. Um, and uh, But this orchestra is so quick and they can really play anything. So it was, it was really nice to, to get to work on it with them. Nine is deceptive because it's very regular. And so in that sense, it's almost more accessible. But with its lack of duples, uh, until you insert duples against it, or as part of it, uh, it, it, to me, it sounds more round and less square. It just it's a little curvier, and um, and there's just a lot of fun things that one can do with the rhythm within nine that are smooth enough that a normal audience can kind of feel them, but they don't quite know what happened, which I enjoy. I mean, I'm not trying to fool anybody, but I want to keep people, you know, not I want to keep them centered, but not completely sure what's going on. How do you think he writes? 
for you or with you in mind? Do you, do you think, again, because of maybe because of the friendship and the, the, the understanding? Well, he knows my playing very well we, um, for so many years. So he does, I think, write to what he thinks are my strengths, I suppose. Um, although this, this music is sort of challenging in every, in every way, I guess. So he really puts it, puts it to me. But, but yeah, his, his writing is usually everything makes sense. You know, he knows what he's written for violinists a lot. Um, and uh, he's written a double concerto for bass and violin, which he and I premiered uh, a few years ago as well. So he's, he knows the violin writing very well. And it, it all works and fits. process in the beginning is just, you know, trying to think of ideas. I mean, trying to imagine the storyline of the piece, trying to imagine, especially the way it begins. It's supposed to open a program, uh, trying to imagine what it feels like to be in the room with the orchestra and Josh and the audience. How do you start something? Um, and then and looking for elements. And um, in this case, I think I probably looked both for violinistic elements and for purely musical elements. How was the rehearsal process for this work? I've been quite involved. It's been very efficient. I think Josh and I know each other well. Josh had very little question, you know, in most cases. He certainly had, had you know, figured out the essence of what I wanted and, you know, details we both kind of pushed and pulled here and there on. But Josh is, you know, he's very experienced. And so in addition to understanding me and what I'm going for, he has a very quick sense of what can help a piece and, and what's waste of time. You know, I enjoy the rehearsal. That's, uh, I love rehearsing with this orchestra because they're, they're engaged. You don't feel like uh, you're pulling teeth to get them to do it again. You know, they really want to make it better, which is, makes such a difference. You know, going from, I play with a lot of other orchestras and I have to choose my battles and worried about them rolling their eyes and saying, come on, let's just get on with it. <laughs> this orchestra really wants to, wants to perfect it. And sometimes I have them saying, please, can we just do one more, one more time? Can we get it? You know, and so I like that attitude and having Edgar there also, you know, to, he knows really, has a very strong idea of what he wants. So he always has, has comments and things um, to tell us. How did the orchestra and the audience, most importantly, react to the work? Well, I had many people after the concert say to me, uh, you know, the usual thing about new music, they were afraid of it uh, <laughs> when they saw something brand new and, and they were pleasantly surprised when, that they really enjoyed it, which is often the reaction <laughs> you get to, to good pieces of new music that people are surprised if they like it. Uh, but I got a lot of very positive reactions. The orchestra really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, I got a lot of nice comments from the orchestra thanking me for, for introducing them to Edgar and bringing the music, so I was very happy with that.
How does um, Edgar's piece fit in with the Vivaldi and Beethoven in the program? Is that an interesting kind of uh, journey of sorts? Well, I mean, I wouldn't uh, overthink the connections between the Vivaldi and, and Edgar's music, but it's, I think it, uh, it's a good way to start the program. It grabs, it makes people listen right from the beginning, and, and uh, I think they'll be set up nicely to you know to to listen to the vivaldi but uh, there's not a particular connection but i i don't not all pro not all programs uh need to have the the music relate so much as sometimes be just be contrast or something different uh you know tasting menu as you might you know it's where you get a different different flavors uh and, uh, and that's what you get here you've recently renewed your contract as music director of the academy of st martin in the fields for another three years what are your ambitions for the next chapter well, another three years. I've, I guess um, I'll have to renew it, but 18 more times before I hit Sir Neville's record, <laughs> um, but which will, of course, never happen. Um, but uh, I'm so excited. You know, this, this is my the really favorite work of, of my year. You know, this is what I look forward to the most, and because um, we just working with them, doing the making my way through. I uh, only have two Beethoven symphonies left to explore with them and just continuing to expand on that repertoire. And I'm sure I'll want to work with them as long as they'll have me. So I'm, I'm glad that I still feel the relationship is really compatible. I think we, we get along well. I think um, they're getting to know me better. And it takes less and less rehearsal for the, getting the things I want because they understand kind of the way I think about music from other pieces. And they just, it's just really nice, this kind of... Um, marriage so i hope it lasts a long time and last question sort of relevant for this interview going back to the beginning are you hoping to commission more new music in the future yeah uh well i hope to i enjoyed the experience of edgar's music we have some plans in the future but i think um it's important that people do that that we do that uh, um so the trick is just finding the right composers and, and uh you know I'm, I'm my tastes are a bit tricky with new music i tend to be a bit conservative in certain ways about about what I expect from a new piece. Um, uh, but but there are a lot of great composers out there and I've just got to find them and continue to push ahead and keep you know expanding the repertoire for chamber orchestra. Thanks to Edgar and Joshua for speaking to us. The UK premiere of the Overture for Violin and Orchestra will take place on Friday the 12th of January 2018 at London's Cadogan Hall alongside Vivaldi's Four Seasons and Beethoven's Symphony No. 2. This exciting piece then travels to cities across the UK and Ireland and comes to the USA in March 2018. To view all tour dates, book tickets, find out more about the Academy or support our work by joining the Academy Friends, please visit asmf.org. I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to an Academy of St Martin in the Fields podcast. That's about all we have time for, but as usual, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what you have heard. So please do get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag ASMF podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>